Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Hey, everyone, and happy Monday. My name is John Crump. I am a writer for MLN News, and MLN News bought me this awesome mic and everything else. My whole setup is awesome. Thank you, MLN, so much. I am part of the MLN family because I am a writer. Uh, we have a, a Congress, uh, uh, an elected official, a guy running for Congress coming on. I'm not really sure where he is. I verified that he was going to come on, um, and I don't see him. But, yeah, uh, but I do have a guest while we wait for him. I'm just going to go ahead and bring him on, and we'll see. It's one of the other sponsors of the show, but before we do that, as always, we are brought to you by Tusk. Tusk is the only gun-friendly cryptocurrency with three-second processing times and lower transaction fees and credit cards. You cannot go wrong with Tusk. I highly recommend it. Very much so. It is, And uh, they are a sponsor, so don't John McAfee me. And with that said... Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. And not only that, but we are also sponsored by my my thing. So I'm not sure if that's really a sponsorship or just me plugging my own stuff. But <laughs> that's what I do here, you know. And that is... Um, Black Swan Tactical. I can't believe I almost forgot my own name on my own t-shirt shop. And I hit the wrong button. Black Swan Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more. There's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed those commercials. And now we're going to bring in uh, one of the other sponsors of the show. I want to find out what's going on with John McAfee. Uh, his name is Rob McNeely. He is a co-founder of Tusk. Rob, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, John? Probably doing better than John McAfee. I, I think most people are <laughs> in general. But it's like it's like an afternoon coffee kind of day, so... It's been a little crazy around here, but afternoon coffee. How are you? I am good. So explain to people what happens when you, what a pump and dump is. Because John McAfee basically is being charged with pumping and dumping. Yeah, he's been um, 
and I'm not a buddy with John McAfee, but I do know some of his people on his team. So I've, I've heard some interesting stories about things in general, but um, all the pump and dump is, is essentially where someone who has an audience followers says, Hey guys, all of a sudden we're going to like, uh, we're going to all buy into this project and we're going to bring that price up. And then the typical pump and dump is that they get all excited and say, hey, they tell everybody, hey, look, you got to invest. You got to invest. This thing's going to go through the moon. And then what's happening is they store up all this interest in a project. People buy the project, but they keep pumping it. And then once they reach a certain point, the the kind of the organizers of these pump and ups sell out at the top. And then they leave all those people that they pumped up and got riled up to hold the bag. And then the price collapses and the people that invested lost all their money. So that's what, you know, kind of what a pump and dump is. Okay. Uh, one question. Uh, is this kind of what happened with Doge? Oh, I, I would say absolutely uh, with Doge. But it, it hasn't completely collapsed. It's just uh, you get a lot of people that are pumping up something and maybe overhyping. They either create excuses on why something's pumping or they, you know, embellish something that may say an investor might be excited. So why, why do people invest in anything, right? It's like they think the price will go up. And generally, good news, people buy good news. And so, you know, with typically with these kind of things, like you look at GameStop and stuff, there really wasn't good news. There's no change in fundamentals. There's not, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of people using Doge for anything. It's still just been a meme coin. It always has been. Um, but people decide, oh, we're going to pump it up, pump it up. And let, so, yeah, let me stop I, you there. What's a meme coin? Meme. Like, it's just, I, I, know, it I, I, know, I know what a meme coin is, but there's people out there who might not know. Uh, so, so Dogecoin uh, was created, I don't know, what, seven years ago? And it was literally created as a joke. It was a crypto. It was basically a copy and paste of Bitcoin uh, with some minor changes. They adopted this meme or this image of uh, a, a Shibu Inu uh, dog as their their mascot. And people just, you know, have like created memes around this project as a joke. And now that thing's been joked into a multi-billion dollar market cap. Oh, wow. That's uh, something... Um... That is unexpected, but I mean, it happens. The power of the internet, right? It's the power of people wanting to get rich quick overnight for not doing anything. I think that's more about what it has to do. Okay, tell me the difference um, between what Elon Musk, Musk did and what, um, and what, uh, let's say, uh, John McAfee did. Uh, well, theoretically, um, at least if you believe the accusations of what John McAfee did, he was pumping and dumping and was directly benefiting um, from the upside. His promotion of the different coins that he worked on benefited from and benefited from that. So apparently, uh, while Elon Musk was joking around and tweeting up and you know supporting the, the mania around Dogecoin, was actually investing in Bitcoin. And so that's kind of the interesting thing. So was Elon Musk just abusing his power, you know, his celebrity or I'll say leveraging his celebrity in some way? I don't know. Uh, Does he actually have a secret stash of Dogecoin that he sold somewhere through anonymous accounts? I have no idea. Um, But we do know during that same period of time, Elon Musk bought a tremendous amount of Bitcoin to the tune of a billion and a half dollars worth, I heard. Um, At the same time, he was not pumping Bitcoin, but he was talking and and tweeting about 
Dogecoin. Doge. So I don't know if he did anything, you know, illegal or not by doing that. All right. Oh, we have a new guest coming on. Uh, this guy is highly recommended by uh, Trench Work Chronicles. And if you go to Alex for Arizona, you can actually see his website. His name is Alex Stovall, and he is running for Congress in Arizona. Alex, how are you doing, my friend? Too blessed to be stressed or oppressed. How about yourself, John? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. So you are, by the way, this is Rob. Rob uh, is a crypto guy. He's the founder of Tusk, which is a cryptocurrency, which kind of revolves around the gun world, the gun space. So it's, okay. a, it's a really cool thing because, you know, the government's cracking down and soon they're probably going to like kick all those gun guys off credit cards. Probably. I, I'd, I'd give you about three to five years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not giving it that long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rob thinks it's about to go. He's also a sponsor of this show. But you are running for Congress in Arizona, the 7th District. Yes. Yes, I am. I always, every time somebody runs for Congress, I always start out with the same question. No matter what, why are you running for Congress? It's <laughs> a great question. Well, well, like, every, well, who every the hell would do that? I ask myself <laughs> and remind myself the same thing. I, I think there's about a hundred reasons I could, I could give you, but ultimately I would say integrity. We have a lot of people that are currently serving and have been appointed to support the people and be for the people, and they're not. They're solemnly for themselves. We can see that with the statistics, with the data. We can see that with the inner cities, uh, my district especially, uh, because I'm, I'm very familiar with it, and I grew up in the system. So with that being said, I, I kind of volunteered myself to get involved because there's there's more than enough Facebook warriors and Twitter warriors tweeting about the issues that are taking place, but no one's doing anything. So rather than jogging in place, I decided to jump in the race. So do you think Rob should run for Congress? <laughs> Just joking. No. You know, you do know, maybe you don't know, Don, you know, I did run for Congress. Right? I, I know that's, that that's part of the joke, Rob. Okay. I don't get with that mustache. I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rob ran for Congress. Um, how long ago was it? Uh, 2010 in Colorado six congressional district. Okay. Yeah. And so he probably knows a lot of the don't tribulation. Do <laughs> don't do it. Just don't, don't do it. It takes a lot of work, right? It does. It does take a lot of work. It's, it's not for the weak hearted. That's for sure. Uh, I think a lot of people see the lights, the cameras, the action, they see all the traveling and the voyages that take place. And, a lot of people don't know the groundwork or behind the scenes of what's taking place. The struggles, the heartaches, the the pain, the fan mail that you get, and ultimately the the disconnect that you're. I mean, coming from a democratic family, the being outcasted. Uh-huh. And I actually think I'm ridiculed more and than I have been and any other extracurricular or any other uh, political platform that I've I've been on. So it, it's really interesting to see just how much backlash you get. 
Yeah, you get tons of backlash, I can imagine. I talked to a lot of people running for Congress, uh, and I also talked to sitting senators and sitting Congress people all the time. And the well, amount think, of work that it takes is just amazing. It, you know, it, it, and it, takes, it takes a family to be able to, to maintain this type of uh, momentum and this, this type of uh, movement, if you will. One person can't do it on their own, and, and anybody that tells you that they're doing it on their own, they're either a liar or they're brain dead. There's a lot of team aspects that have to take place, and everybody has to be on the same page. You have to function as one one unit, kind of like the military. One team, one fight is the theme, right? So if you're not in sync and aligned with what your media director is doing, for example, oh. or what you know, the list goes on and on. There's there's a lot that goes into it. Hey, Alex, can you do me a favor? Yes. Uh, the light uh, that's coming behind you, you look like a silhouette. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, let me move to that. It, it looks like we're trying to hide your identity because, like, someone's out after you. <laughs> Should I use my movie announcer? Should I do the, the horse distortion? <laughs> yeah. Is that better? Yeah. So, right. so Rob. What was the biggest challenge of when you ran for Congress? Raising money. Raising money. Would you agree with that? And getting in debates. So, are you running as a Republican or a third party? Republican. Gotcha. So he won't have the problem getting in debates. So, <clears throat> so I ran as a third party libertarian candidate. Uh, we raised, I think, 28,000. And that was my first time running. Uh, but uh, there was three debates between the the Dem, the Republican, and they voted to keep me out of two of them. And the one debate that I was in, I won against a standing congressman and uh, the Democrat uh, the challenger. So for me as a third third party candidates, you know, get no love and no respect anyway. So um, it was interesting, though. Uh, we were doing pretty strongly. Like we actually, you know, actually ran a solid race for a third party because we did real actually raise some money and we were actually campaigning. And and we found with our race, uh, the biggest thing was the GOP and the Dems just didn't want us to even play in the garden with them or in the sandbox with them. So um, I was told that if I would have dropped out of the race, that they would have uh, the GOP and the region at the time were willing to uh, support me for a local house race like the following year. So I thought that was interesting um, going interesting. through that process, but it's, I think it's different when you're a. Uh... Did Rob just, uh, you know, running as a Republican. Is Rob uh, locking up on you too? Because you don't. All right. I think he's yeah, locking I... up. I think he's lagging out. Yeah. What, what was the biggest uh, challenge that you have faced so far? Honestly, I would I would say fundraising as well and getting people to be active and support the movement. A lot of people that I've interacted with over the last couple of weeks have a uh, an internal battle, I would say. It's it's personality versus policy. And I've done a lot in my community and I've done a lot just because I've moved so much around and they know me as that person. They know me as the athlete. They know me as the, the guy that was in a movie or whatever it may be, but they don't know me as a, a political activist. So it's, it's bittersweet for them, I think. And to speak about 
controversial topics that are currently going, such as illegal immigration and finishing the wall, it's, it's hard for them to kind of accept or have a conversation with me because most of my friends, for the most part, are, are Democrats or liberals. So it's, it's been very interesting to see the, the support on a lot of spectrums, but I, I think in more, more counts than I, I'd like to give credit for the, the pushback to support me and believe in the movement that I, I believe. Because ultimately, I'm, I'm all for taking care of inner city communities and taking care of the kids. They're, they're kind of swept under the rug. A lot of people talk about how they're going to help the, the inner city kids, how they're going to work with public schools and, and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, I, the public schools haven't changed. Ask me what I learned in North High School. That's on Thomas and, and downtown Phoenix. Probably hardly anything. <laughs> right. They would just throw homework at you. And, and if you didn't get in a fight in school, then, and then maybe the teachers may help you. Maybe. Yeah. But even then, it, it's, it's up for debate. You don't really learn anything. And then you, get, you graduate because they've got, they've got to keep their quota or whatever it is to get the, the public funding. It's, it's just not a good environment. And, I, and that's kind of one of a few reasons why I believe school choice can be so, so impactful for minorities such as myself and anybody else that's currently living in Phoenix. So I would say the support aspect has been difficult because teaching someone to think outside of that bubble that we grew up believing in, that bubble that we operate in, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to ask you guys both this question. I heard running for Congress. I have somebody's like, you should run for Congress. And I'm like, hell no. (laughs) Not not just no, hell no. But I heard that it's it's like kind of like a calling. Like no one really wants to run for Congress. I'm sure that people are, but people who actually make a difference and do good. They don't really want to run for Congress. They're just called to run to Congress. Would you guys agree with that? I think that lots of people want to run for Congress because yeah. they crave power, and no. they're usually psychopaths. I, I, I'm they're talking, usually the least. I'm talking. They're about, usually the last people you want in power. I'm talking about but the people think, that actually make a good difference, that do good in Congress. Do when I do say do good, I'm talking about like do good for the 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 country. I, right. I, you know, I think we have so few examples of that, to be honest. Um, I, I think ultimately, you know, I have very, I'm very nihilistic about the political system in the United States. I, I don't believe it can be fixed from within, from without. I don't think it can be fixed. I, I think our culture is too tainted. And I think the uh, corruption in politics is, is way too entrenched and too deep. I don't think you can vote your way out of the problems of our nation at this point, because the problems are cultural and their culture. Our culture is tainted. And I think until we fix our culture, we're never going to be able to fix politics. What's your response to that, uh, Alex? I'm more of an optimist in that sense. (laughs) And it could just be because of my faith. I think that draining the swamp, as many would articulate it in that, in that statement, I believe that there are a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats and a lot of libertarians or, or whatever political bracket you want to put yourself in that, <clears throat> excuse me, are spending more time trying to leave a footprint rather than laying a foundation. And until we get out of that footprint mindset and we get into the foundational mindset, I, I'd have to agree with Rob. It's, it's, there's no hope. But my hope isn't founded in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, or 
whatever other party you want to affiliate yourself with. My hope is found in God. And I believe that he's a, he's a redemptive God and he can reform and restore everything. So I have a very optimistic approach to that just because my faith is just so rapidly intertwined with my heart and just my experiences. So in some senses on the, the realist side, those who aren't actively pursuing Christ, I would say Rob is exceptionally correct. But in some senses, if you're looking at it from a biblical theological perspective, the, the conservative values that we were founded on, I would disagree. I would say absolutely not. Anything can be fixed. Now, to get these deep roots pulled out of the core foundation of our country, it's going to take some work. And good, good thing I bought a weed whacker with me and some weed killer because I'm young and I've, I've got the time. So I'm whatever it takes, I don't care if it takes my entire life. It's got to get done because I'm going to have kids. I'm, I don't know if Rob has kids, but it's about the future generations. As an as a American man, you want to lay a foundation or leave it this world better than you found it. That's what your legacy should be built upon. Not about what type of clout, not about what type of political party, not about what power, not about how much money you raised. It's, it's about taking care of the people and being the people's people, not your own person. When you adhere to the constitutional values and you want to be for the people, that it means exactly what it means. Your policies that you implement have to impact the people in a positive way. And if you're just jogging in place and you're just kind of under the radar, just funneling money, you're right. People like me are going to hold your feet to the fire and call you out and get you out quick, fast, and in a hurry. So I agree with what, with, uh, what Rob is saying in some senses, but I, I would say have faith in me, Rob. <laughs> uh, well, I think we have a, a like a contrast of the jaded anti, uh, the jaded former uh, candidate and the current candidate. <laughs> well, well, well. Understand, I've been. I, I was with John. You, you may uh, not know all my political creds, but I was actually very involved. In Colorado politics and in Wyoming politics for years. Yeah, I, I know. And actually, it actually had quite a lot of wins, uh, including changing the constitution oh. of the state of Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So, right. um, and so, yeah, I've worked on a lot of projects and a lot of campaigns at both local, state level, in multiple states. So, yeah, it's not that I just ran for Congress. I knew, I, I mean, understand, I, I absolutely knew I had no chance of winning as a third party candidate. So that was not, I was not like deluding myself, like, I'll be the one. No, I, I knew we weren't going to win. Um, it was actually an interesting exercise size. Um, but I have worked on a lot of other campaigns where we did win and get people seated. Um, I just think that ultimately, I don't think uh, Alex and I really disagree. I, I think no, I we have think different so levels either. of experience, maybe. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's great. It's, you know, people that I mean, people have to believe in something. And, and I believe that it's important that people do have principles. Uh, and if it's rooted in his faith, hey, more power to you, brother. I, I totally have respect for that. Um, I think ultimately, though, you know, we're, we're not talking about, you know, angels right now. We're talking about humans and all their all their faults. And I think ultimately the game is so rigged and so powerful and the allure of power to Washington, uh, and even at the state level, but even when you get to Washington, you get groomed for those positions. Um, and, and I think ultimately the temptations are so hard that I don't think most humans – can actually, uh, I don't think most humans can actually resist them. Well, and uh, I think that's ultimate, because there's so much money and so much power throwing at people uh, that that want that job. And that's why you, I mean, if you had to, if you had to look at the current 
whatever political party, the entire spectrum, and look at the politicians that are seated right now, you might be able to pull up one or two or three that you might actually think based on the outside appearance that they have real ethics and principles. Um, and, and so, I mean, and these are people that are well-educated. These people are worldly, these people that have advanced degrees. Um, and if you can only pull a couple out, that should tell you something about how powerful that, that, that cesspool is in Washington. Yeah. And so I just don't believe that mm. most humans can, you know, can resist that kind of power, uh, once it's presented to them, I think it's like a devil's choice. And and I think that at this point, I don't want that. I don't want that temptation. I'm not going to put myself in that position um, because I know that I'm not going to be effective. Likely I'm playing the odds. Maybe you'll be, maybe you will be that exception, but I think if you play the odds, I think the the fact is that the system is so corrupt and that corruption has been entrenched for decades and decades and decades. We're talking probably at least a hundred years. You are not as a, a new freshman congressman going to fix that. Um, I, you I'm gotta glad start you're somewhere, trying. Though. You got to start What's somewhere. That? You got to start somewhere. I, I, I agree. I, but I think we actually, I think people should focus on their local governments. I, Cause I think we lose most of our rights at the local level and, and rather than the federal. And, and when everybody, people start talking about the federal level, I would rather people focus on being on city council. Because that's where you're losing all your property rights. That's where you're losing all your tax money. That's where you interact with government and law enforcement the most. It's a local level. That, that's where you lose your property rights. That's where you're paying all the taxes go mostly to the local level. Um, so I would say if you want to make a big difference in the world, is start taking over city councils. And then take over your, local, your state governments. And, and then you have power. I think the federal government, uh, that's just not the place to do it. But I, I totally respect uh, Alex's, you know, attempt at it. And, and I like to learn more about his campaign and his values. Yeah. Let's get into your values I, a little bit. All right. You can go ahead and respond. I was just going to say, uh, just listening to Rob, and I, I hear what he's saying, but I, I'm, a, like I said, <clears throat> I grew up in the system. I'm very familiar with the system. And as, as John said, it, I believe outside of belief and outside of my personal opinion, it is something you're called to. You can't. And as Rob said, I think there's a lot of people that were called to serve in the federal level or the state level, but not many were chosen. Anybody in their right mind is not going to run an office in a federal race, a city race, a state race, or any type of race willingly not not an authentic real tuned fine molded leader leaders leaders are 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 born in my opinion you're not you're you're not born a democrat you're bred a democrat you're born a conservative in my opinion so when i think of do i think it's a calling or or do you is it something you do for a career choice i'd have to say it's definitely a calling the amount of stress, the, the weight, of, the weight of the world is essentially on your shoulders. It, you can't, you can't do this with a, well, unless you're a, a devil worshiper, you can't do this with a, a conscience that's clouded, if that makes sense. And that kind of goes into what Rob was saying: how you may be able to make some choice, some impact, or some some type of movement, but as a freshman, you're not going to change everything overnight. So I agree that that's by no means is that my intention, Rob. But like I said, I'm laying a foundation to start a movement. 
that's not just going to end with me, much like Trump did. He started so here's a, a movement. It was, so here's a, here's a question. So do you believe in term limits for congressmen? I think, uh, Alex, we lost can't, audio. Yeah, we lost audio on you, buddy. Okay. Oh, you there you me? go. Yeah. So term limits. Let's say you. Yes, I believe in term limits. I absolutely so, believe in term limits. Get out. So here, so so here's the conundrum you just kind of walked into there. You said it's not going to happen overnight as a freshman politician, but you believe in term limits. So when does it happen? Uh, I think if you're term limited out. Well, I think it, it means you if we if we start. I think well, term limits would actually help. Because you while you're in office, so you should be walking along somebody alongside somebody to teach them what you're doing. That way, they can pick up the torch. And then there's no reason for you to stay there forever. Your cup overflows for what? So you can pour into somebody else. As a leader, as somebody who's in a position of power or political authority, you should be mentoring somebody. Okay. So you should never have a shadow of a doubt in your mind that, oh, what's going to happen when I leave? No, 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 no. I know. All right. I, I, wa- I want to get into a little bit of, of your campaign, your platform. Uh, I want to get into a few different issues. I'm going to start with guns because guess what? What type of show we are? A gun show. What is your stance on the Second Amendment? Because that's what really matters to me. And I know there are some people from Arizona that are going to be watching this, including like AZCD, people in the the Arizona Citizens Defense League. So what is in GOA as well? My stance is come and take it. Come That's and take it. Stance. That's a good stance. So uh, you don't believe in universal no. background checks? I'm sorry? Universal background checks? Mm, I mean, if you don't have a felony, I don't really see why we're going to spend that money to do that personally. All right. All right. How about, um, how about stuff like uh, assault weapons bans? I, I take it No. <laughs> No, because I've got ARs. All right, that's that's um, that's that's a good thing. How about if I yeah, said I, I want to repeal the NFA and get rid of it so everyone can own machine guns? Yes. All so right. here's the thing. <laughs> that's a good answer. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would be a lot less against guns if they came and shot. So if you are in Arizona and you're a guy that likes guns, come shoot with me. If you have a friend who's a, a freedom hating Democrat or a liberal that that thinks guns are evil and that guns kill people. But we all know if you have half a brain that people kill people come shoot with us. Come see. It's a lot of fun. First off. And second off, it's a great skill to have. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. In my opinion. So I got a question. What do you do with freedom hating Republicans like Donald Trump that, you know, wants to put people in cages for owning bump stocks? Well, my response would be who built those cages. I would say the Bureau, the Department of Justice and the Bureau of Prisons no, did, but I, I'm saying is well, he I, may. I, mis- I, I, <laughs> I'm just I, curious on bump stocks because to me, any Republican that comes out against the Second Amendment is just as much of a traitor as a Democrat. And Trump absolutely gave us more gun control than Obama did. So, I mean, let's just be honest about it. Like, he was horrible on guns and you're wearing a MAGA hat. So what do you think? What what should we do with Republican types that do that? I'm trying to get to his platform. We only only have like 30 minutes. I want to get his platform out. (laughs) Sorry. He's got my email. 
And uh, I, I would, I want to respond to your question. So uh, at an, another time, I, I'd love to answer that. Yeah, I, 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 fair I, enough. I, I'll give you guys emails. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get get his opinions, raw. <laughs> it's not a debate. <laughs> well, you got me to talk. I'll, I'll just mute me. I'll... I, I, I know. <laughs> No, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm, no, I'm, no. I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if uh, how about this? I'll bring you guys both back in uh, next week. I'm booked up this week. If if you guys are up for it, and we can have this like little debate after we get after we get it, but let him talk already. You know what? Uh, let's let's do it. How do you respond to Rob? Go ahead, Alex. Someone's saying ducking. To Rob is. I'm not going to allow one person to decipher or define me wanting to keep America great. The theme and the slogan, the, the weight that's behind it is why I wear this hat. I am very, very adamant, very, very pro-gun. I'm very, very constitutional, very conservative, red-blooded Republican, and a veteran. I want to keep America great. I want my kids to have the same freedoms as me. So I wear the MAGA hat for one of a million reasons. But the one reason that I would say I'm wearing it today is because I truly feel it in the depths of my soul to keep this country free. If our lights go out, everybody else's lights go out. So outside of what Trump did, he's he's a man just like anybody. He's not perfect. He's not going to do everything correct. But that's why I'm running. So I can pick up where he left off. So I'm not going to badmouth the president. He did a lot for veterans. And you are a veteran, right? I am. I'm a disabled veteran at that. There's a lot of reasons why I support Trump and why I support keeping America great. We needed somebody like him to help us. I got more raises when Trump was in office than probably the whole eight years I've been serving in the military. Yes, I'm still serving as a chaplain. All right. Let me ask you, the, what do you think about bump stocks? Bump stocks. Yeah, it's the thing that Trump banned that, uh, according to Democrats, simulate automatic fire. Um, I don't know enough about bump stocks. I'm a day trader, but I tend to steer clear of those. No, but they're illegal. Trump made them illegal. That's what Rob was asking. Um, I don't know not, if I not, would. Not GameStop, bump stocks. He was thinking stock stocks. Right? Oh, no, no, bump stocks. Like slide oh, fires. Like what? Slide fires, bump stocks. They get, oh. they go on the back of guns. They simulate rapid fire. It, it's it's hard to explain. No, that may, no now now we're, now we're speaking the same language. I honestly, if I could legalize it again, I would. Okay, all right. <laughs> that was my only question. All right, yeah. okay. There's a big thing going on with uh, unserialized firearms. Uh, a lot of people want to ban them. They call them ghost guns. What is your stance on unserialized firearms? Now, I had a gun that was stolen from me many moons ago, and generally those guns will end up in the hands of not the nicest people. So, do I think guns should be serialized? Yes. But my reasoning, my personal reason for that is because I personally have experienced people stealing from me and then me never being able to get my firearm back. So I feel like it should be implemented. To an extent. What extent would that be? Um, you know, I'd have to ponder that for a second. I really would. 
Like I, I don't really think that unserialized guns are going to make much of a difference. I really don't. I have unserialized guns. I like some ARs unserialized and some handguns unserialized instead of millions of Americans. So, so why does the government want to track it? Because they want control so they can come Absolutely. to them with it. So if you have unserialized guns, do you think I'm going to twist your arm and tell you you're unserialized? Absolutely not. Would you? That's work? our freedom. That's our right. What, yeah. So you would not, you would not back a law saying all guns need to be serialized. No. You're just saying that, and you would like to have guns serialized in case they get stolen for you, but not requiring it. I'm not going to require somebody to do it. No, that's a personal preference because okay. of my personal experience. All right. So I, in the realm of, yeah. I was just trying to clear that up. Yeah. I was trying to clear that up because it sounded like you were saying that they, you know, it, it, uh, Rob, am I right? No, did, I'm did not going to tell another American federal. Yeah. I'm not going to tell another soldier that he needs to have the government track all of his guns. First off, it's not the government's business. What I do with my guns and how many guns I have and where I purchase them. If I don't have unserialized guns, it's America. It's not China, at least last time I checked. Okay, Robert, have any other questions? Nope. All right. Uh, let's get into <laughs> some anti-gun, not anti-gun. What the hell am I talking about? Some other than gun <laughs> topics. The border. You're in Arizona. There's a big issue on the border mm. in Arizona. Yes. Between Mexico. Finish the wall. So you would finish the wall. You're for, you're for the wall. Yes. Um, let me let me ask you another question. You said that Trump wasn't perfect. Can you give me some examples and some stuff he wasn't perfect on? I wish he would have done a little bit more for the Second Amendment and gun rights. What would you That's like to? That's the first thing that comes. To what would you like to have seen him do? Well, probably not putting laws or regulations on firearms and butt stocks or bump stocks, as you guys called it. Okay. So that would be one of them. All right. Yeah, I'm a big, I want machine guns. You know, people ask me, like, what's my opinion of the Second Amendment? I said, if I could, I would have a fully working tank in my my driveway just because I want it. And you'd have to let me know so I could come shoot it with you. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm going to to shoot some tank guns very shortly. Actually, on Thursday, the guy that we have on the show is uh, Glenn Fleming. He owns uh, Drive Tanks. Which is in Texas, which I'm going to go out there, drive some tanks, fire some tanks because they're fully working tanks, fire some miniguns and stuff like that. Alex is representing District 11. What counties does that uh, include? District 7. Uh, District 7, yeah. Uh, Mike Bryant apparently is moving to uh, Arizona. So he wants to know what county. Oh, wow. Covers. That's awesome. So, what- yeah. So they're still regrading the districts, but you're going to be looking at uh, Guadalupe, Tolleson, Avondale, uh, Alejandra, Maryville, inner city Phoenix, like 16th and Southern, those types of places. Downtown Phoenix. Downtown Phoenix. Central, places like that. So the Peoria School District or Tullesen, places like that. Why do you think Arizona went blue in the presidential election? <laughs> Why do I think it went blue? Yeah. I think it's because we didn't count ballots the other way. 
that's what I think. What do you think, Rob? Don't have an opinion on that. Do you think that there was voter fraud, Rob? I think there's been voter fraud since the history of all elections. And I think that since electronic voting machines came in since what, 19 or 2002, 2004, that the integrity of every election probably is up to question. It's not a new thing for this latest election. Electronic voting machines have no audit trail. They're easily hacked. They've been proving it at multiple computer security conferences that all the electronic voting machines out there and deployed Dominion's across the country are, are insecure. So I think if you take any election since you know approximately you know 2004 as serious, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, I want to tell but you something. That, I'm sitting on a huge, like absolutely huge story that, surrounds dominion like i wish i could say but yeah i mean it's i mean the story is going to be on every news channel there is and i'm not going to jump on the stop to steal bandwagon but what i will say is we need to make some serious corrections and some serious mitigation policies to keep this from ever 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 happening again the American people should never have to second guess and wonder if their vote counted. Okay, I'm gonna never. start with I'm gonna start with Rob. Rob, how would you what? fix the vote, <laughs> man, dude? What? No, how would you fix uh, voter fraud or you know the hacking of the voter machines? Um, that's kind of interesting. I, I don't, I'm not an expert in this area, so I'm, I'm going off the cuff here. I think one, I'd be very interested in looking at what blockchain options are available. If, uh, I think if I was going to pick a design, a system, I would want some system that printed out real time to a blockchain, the results that I could visibly watch, get my hash after I voted that demonstrates what my vote was actually tabulated with. Um, and I want at the same time, a paper printed ballot with my hash on it, which also states what my votes were. So therefore, if the ballot ever came up to an election um, question that people could turn back in their ballots or they can recognize real time that their ballot was not counted correctly on the blockchain, but also you actually have a re-verifiable and recountable ballot. Um, and so to me, that makes a lot of sense uh, for starters. Um because then, right there, you can ver you can verify what you what you voted at real time, and then see how it was tabulated. And, and so that's that's how I would do it. And the software running all the both the hardware and the software running should all be open source, so they can be publicly vetted, so that you know what's what actually is being counted and what's being displayed are the same thing. So I would at least say those kind of issues would have to be figured out. But this can't this you know. The Swiss have had really good voting for years. I, I think the vote, the, and the Swiss vote for everything. And I think some of their systems are kind of interesting, but I would probably add a blockchain component and a real-time verification, not only of what you voted, but how it was tabulated with the receipt printed at the same time that before matched I, all those other things. Before I get to Alex, I don't want to lose this. Uh, Mike Bryan is asking the best way to get in touch and uh, get involved with your campaign since he's going to be there and I guess you're going to be representing them. <laughs> um, so you have a, you have a volunteer link on your website, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Alex for Arizona.com. And if people want to volunteer, they just go there. I'm getting asked that. So they can just go there and fill out volunteer. Yes. And then somebody from my team will reach out to connect with you. 
There you go. All right, now I'm going to, Alex, I'm going to ask you the same question. How do we fix voter fraud? You know, I'd have to, in some areas, concur with Rob on this one. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I'd even probably take it a step further. I'd have a select group of people from each party oversee it. I mean, it'll take a lot more time, but it'll be more cost efficient personally. And yeah, you know, you're going to have people that say, oh, well, how can you trust people? How can you trust man? Well, if I had to put my faith and my confidence in something, it's not going to be a machine. It's yeah. going to be a person. Uh, Jason King says voting on blockchain would allow independent people to tabulate the election results and verify integrity. And that's 100%. Uh, blo- I'm not sure how familiar you are with blockchain technology. Um, um, it's, a, it's a new concept to me. Um, I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Like I said, I, in some ways, I, I would say I agree with Rob. Yeah. Uh, I, it, Rob, why don't you explain blockchain? Because I can explain it in math. <clears throat> and um, and but, you're better at explaining in layman's terms than I am. Uh, think of it as a blockchain is a, a database network of computers spread across a bunch of different computers that all transactions uh, and ledger uh, records are all uh, tied together and verified by anybody The gen- in most blockchains. I, I like to say blockchains are just a big, slow database that everybody can see. And, and for something and the record um, around the blockchain, all the records are based, it's a ledger and all the records are immutable. So once they are basically agreed upon by all the different computers in that network, it is per, the, a permanent record is made on the ledger. Uh, and everybody can you know, see this. Most blockchains are open source software. So you can see exactly what, how the code works and how the code tabulates things. Um, and with, with these, the, we have these websites called Block Explorers, and they allow everybody to just log on and see where, you know, what the transactions are, what the data is real time. And so they are essentially with modern uh, encryption, they're basically most of them are unhackable, uh, and they are open source and more honest. And so that's why we're looking at blockchain to solve things like voting problems and cryptocurrency to solve the corrupt banking problem and the corrupt government problem when it comes to our, you know, uh, all sorts of, you know, monetary policy issues. Okay. Uh, Robert, uh, we have a, a, a Czech guy, guy that watches us. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't really understand. We don't have many voting rights here. Why angry about, I'm not really sure what, you're kind of trying to say don't have many rights here yeah he's uh, saying i'm angry above with easy laws easy laws for immigration oh i i'm not really sure sorry robert okay okay uh, here is uh here here's another question for you um we had something happening on January 6th where people like overran the Capitol. Um, uh, people called it an insurrection. I don't believe it was an insurrection because no one was armed. I talked to, uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yep. I actually, I actually have a question for, for you or whoever, whoever posed that question to you. Was it an insurrection when you had Antifa? which is just an idea or uh, black lives matter burning down local buildings. Was that an insurrection? 
well, I didn't call it an insurrection. And my question, no, no, no. I'm saying whoever posed the question to you. No, that, no, that no, no. I, I asked. I talked to her because they were saying, oh, you know, she, she supported insurrection. She said, no, I didn't support anybody raiding the Capitol. But it also was not an insurrection, and I agree with her. So I wanted to see what your opinion of it was it an insurrection or not. No, Rob, what do you no. think? Um, I don't know the legal definition of an insurrection. Well, you so, have to be armed. Um, it like. So it's an armed uprising. Right. All right. So an armed uprising. I think it was a mob. I think it was a riot. Yeah. Is that an insurrection? Because generally an insurrection is a group of people with guns that go on and go over and, you know, rebel against the current government. Uh, so since they didn't have guns and for the most part, I know for a fact that one of our own, in, uh, one of our own Utah Antifa members was there reporting on it. And so, and we know for a fact, John Sullivan was inside the Capitol. So, uh, I don't know all of who was organizing and, or if it was that organized, but I know this, that most people there didn't have guns. Um, and it didn't seem like they were trying to overthrow the government. If anything, they were trying to, you know force one side of government uh you know to have power or not so i don't know i think it was an obnoxious riot uh more than anything um and you know they didn't burn anything down they didn't kill anybody well theoretically they didn't kill anybody um and so no i I don't really think it rises to the level of an insurrection i think it's a mob in a riot and but apparently but the thing is the the hypocrisy on the left right now because rioting is supposed to be okay Right. And that's how you solve your problems, uh, apparently. So the fact that there's so much hypocrisy around how they're responding to the riot, um, I think that's ludicrous. And I think most people see it as, you know, nonsense that it is. Yeah, it's just it's just a funny how, like, they try to play up the insurrection stuff. But like you bring up, they don't they don't consider Antifa trying to take over a federal court, trying to burn down a courthouse. Or Antifa actually coming with weapons um, as a insurrection, you know? Yeah, I, I think we have to remember that words meant things now. Um, it's 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 uh, that's a really strong, bold claim. Words have always meant things, and I think we've desensitized ourselves to a lot of definitions and a lot of words. So to call it an insurrection, that's a pretty strong word. Are you open to increasing the number of immigration courts and ports of entry to make legal? Yes. To answer your question, Walt, I am. I do think that there's a lot of bureaucracy to help. There's no front door. That's the short version of it. We need to create a a process that is more simplistic than what it is now it shouldn't take you years to get into the united states but with that being said we've also got to we've got to tighten it up we can't have this chain immigration thing going on and we know how the cartel works i i was born in tucson and they're they're not the nicest people they will use you and abuse you and do whatever they can to make sure they can traffic their fentanyl now that we've you know legalized marijuana so they're just going to have the next greatest thing right and that's killing families. And statistically, it's it's doing more harm than marijuana itself. But I digress. That's besides the point. To answer your question, yes, I want to create policies and a process that makes getting into this country more simple, less painful, and ultimately a lot. Uh, do you? Support- I got a question. Strange- 
I got a question. Can I ask one one question of Alex? And and, and it is an important one. I just want to. It's kind of a gauge. It's not a gotcha. It's a gauge of your understanding of the Constitution. What types of things does the Ninth Amendment protect? Not the tenth. The um, ninth. And if you if you don't know, <laughs> just say you don't know. Yeah, it's perf- it's perfectly okay. I I don't know all the. I don't know all the amendments, so no, humor me. Tell me what the Ninth Amendment covers. The Amendment covers most things. In fact, most of our protections as individuals comes from the Ninth Amendment. It enumerates the certain rights and stuff like that. So, and it's basically, it's the catch-all. So what it says, and the Founding Fathers had a catch-all in the first, the Bill of Rights, which is the first ten amendments. And the Ninth Amendment was rights that have not been articulated i'm paraphrasing it by the uh, basically if a right wasn't specifically mentioned like the first amendment or the second amendment doesn't mean you don't have it it means that we just didn't list it here so you have other rights that we didn't list here that are covered in the bill of rights and here's God the thing bless America. it's almost like the forefathers knew what they were doing right but here's the thing so a lot of people might say that you know, that protects, that means that everything is a right until the government tries to take it away. Because it says, this is the catch all. So, the 10th Amendment says states have powers because states actually don't have rights. Like a lot of people get that confused. There is no such thing as states' rights. States have powers, individuals have rights. And the 9th Amendment is where we get most of them. So, here's an interesting thing 9th Amendment protects a lot of things, like if you want to use cocaine, 9th Amendment protects your right to take cocaine. And in fact, the Ninth Amendment is what makes a, uh, one of the main cases they cited in Roe versus Wade because it's an individual right. So a lot of conservatives don't like the Ninth Amendment because it covers things that they typically wouldn't support. But anyways, but there's a lot of other things in there like your right to a bump stock or your, you know, that, that you know, so it's not specifically articulated in the Second Amendment. You still have that right. So I would suggest and I always tell everybody who's running for office, learn your amendments because people are going to challenge you. Like, I'm opposed to the 17th Amendment. I think we should repeal the 17th Amendment. Um, 17th Amendment is absolute trash, by the way. It is. Um, And by the way, I didn't really learn the Constitution as well as I did until I ran for Congress, because people kept gotching me because I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. So basically, basically he's saying that they're going to try to gotcha you in this stuff. Yeah, but, but the Ninth Amendment is vital. It, in my opinion, the Ninth Amendment is probably the most important, the import, most important amendment for liberty on the individual level, and and people don't understand its power because it is the amendment that covers us. Tenth Amendment is not rights. Tenth Amendment is powers of the state, but the Ninth Amendment is individual rights, meaning that you know it's like your right to privacy, your right to travel, are covered by the Ninth Amendment, but it covers things that conservatives don't like too. But it is where we have most of our fundamental rights. It just says that even though government didn't list them all out, you still got other rights here. And that's what the Ninth Amendment's for. And it's my favorite of all the rights. Uh, it, the, it, it's, it's very interesting that you bring that up because Mike Bryant, uh, the guy that wants to volunteer for your campaign, wants to yeah. know, does the Constitution limit a government or citizens? It limits the government. Good. Uh, a lot of times it's referred to the actually the first 10 amendments the bill of rights is referred to by me i'm not sure about anybody else but by me at least as a document of negative liberties because it's not it's because it's not like negative liberties against people but negative liberties against the government it says these are not it acknowledges rights it doesn't actually give you rights right 
Would would you agree with that? I do. Okay, one other question, then we're going to get out of here, and this has to do um, with crypto. We have Rob on, the founder of crypto. What's your opinion on cryptocurrency? Um, I've got I've got conflicting feelings about crypto. I'm a day trader. I've been day trading for a while, so my my only reservation that i would have against cryptocurrency would be simply this if somebody in the government can get a hold of managing or overseeing cryptocurrency and they can easily just flip a switch and say we're going to take away your currency status until you do x y and z or going to the police so if the government gets a hold of crypto, I think it can be really, really bad, really, really fast. Yeah, uh, tech, technically, I don't think they can. Uh, maybe passing laws against crypto. But oh, they could try to regulate it into the ground. Yeah, Technologically, it's not, though, it's it's merely impossible. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think that should be a like a major concern. Other than that, that's the only concern I have. Because right. uh, that would just that wouldn't be good. All right. Oh, one other question. Sorry. How'd you meet Devin? Devin, I met Devin at CPAC. Rob knows Devin too. <laughs> yeah, Devin. Devin's good people. He's. Yeah, uh, I, I love Devin. He's very similar backgrounds, and we come from uh, similar stories. Yeah, Devin's my little pro- protege. <laughs> and you can tell him I called him my little protege too. I'll be sure to let him know that. No, Devin's doing amazing things, and he's somebody I would call somebody who's doing exactly what God called us to do. People, he's being the hands and feet. He's helping inner city communities, uh, kids that struggle with trauma. He's doing a lot, and I really don't think he gets the credit that is really due him. So I, I have to actually applaud the the amount of work and the amount of time that Devin's investing and the communities for the kids and those that are struggling with the trauma and the things that take place in the inner cities. So I, I think he's great, man. I really, I really have a lot of love and compassion and, and respect for what he's doing. Yeah. Black Swan media sponsors, Devin and uh Tufts might be soon. We're talking. Yeah. Black Swan media is my, uh, is my, uh, my little company here. Yeah. Do podcast, YouTube stuff, uh, t-shirt sales, I I even designed a shoe. Really? <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to send me some stuff, man, so I could like represent. Yeah. <laughs> I I will do that. Uh but yeah, with that said, we've been on for an hour. I want to thank you so much, Alex. Um I'm going to give you the final word, but everyone can find me at crumpy.com. That's crumpy.com. C R U M P Y.com. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. I make a bunch of content. And if you haven't seen my other channel, go over to Crumpy, uh, not Crumpy, uh, John Crump News, and you can watch all my interviews. I have one with Amin Brown, the Democrat out of Philadelphia, uh, on the ever-going saga of uh, ghost guns, which is crazy. Um, also, remember, use code Crumpy at Black Swan Tactical to get 10% off. Hit that thumbs up, like, comment, and subscribe. Always, always check out Tusk. Tusk is the, is the only gun-friendly cryptocurrency with three-second processing times and lower transaction fees. 
then um then credit card uh mln.com and uh if you want a vpn go to carpy.com slash vpn and sign up for nordvpn uh, everyone needs a vpn don't you agree rob i do and i do run one yeah like everywhere it. on your phones on your ipads tablets yeah. computers you name it oh yeah oh yeah always yeah and that's why i actually got to deal with nord to get people some time off uh G Reb said, "Thank you for running. I thank anyone for running. It, I mean, it's it's one of those times where it's just like, you know. Also, good luck in AZ. Um, VA Wolf said, and with that, I'm gonna hand it over to Rob. Rob, go ahead and give your plugs since you. Oh, well. since, since uh, Alex is the, the newest guest, he gives he is still last." <laughs> well, he, well, I, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I, I, I may disagree on, on some of his, you know, positions on things, but I, I do also respect people who go through the trials of trying to get elected. And one, it's a good education. And I think you'll learn more about our government. If you're doing it right, I think you'll learn a lot more about our government and the Constitution and how things probably should work than if you don't run. And so I think I think everybody should see how that sausage is made. So, you know, high five to, to doing that. I, I'm never going to give someone a hard time about it. Um, and secondly, um, you already gave us our, our, our you know, our, our little uh, plugs. But, hey, just go to tufts.network, T-U-S-C.network, T-U-S-C.network. We are an open source decentralized cryptocurrency project uh, kind of focusing on solving the mass adoption problem in crypto by solving the payments problem in the 2A space. Oops, sorry. That, you know, you could have let it go. That would have sounded like a good, you know, almost like good timing. On yeah, that. But, but that's for my other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on today, John. All right, no problem. Uh, Alex, go right ahead. You are yeah. up at the final word. Thanks for having me on today. I look forward to working with you guys and, and getting whatever insight you can give to me as I press on through this journey. And for those who want to get involved, it's alexforarizona.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Alex N. Stovall. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well. Alex for Arizona for Instagram and Alex Stovall for Congress on Facebook. And uh, thanks for having You've me been on watching. I look forward to laying this foundation. All right. Thank you. You've been watching Fireside Chats with John Crump, a Black Swan Media Group production. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. Tune in every week for a conversation with the difference makers in the world.